Hello, that's us. Hey, Johan, how you doing? I'm good. And you? Excellent. I'm very good. I'm happy to be joined by you. It's very nice to have you here, even though you've got that background there just to upset me on purpose. I know we'll get we'll get to that. I promise. Yep. <laughs> um, how you doing? Thanks for joining. It's uh, are you you doing well? You happy? You healthy? I'm happy and healthy. Fantastic. Can't get better than that, can you? Um, shall we do a quick intro of, of, of who you are? Can you introduce yourself before we dive into the whole discussion about whatever? Yeah, so um, my name is Johan. I'm a Norwegian uh, data guy, uh, data platform MVP. Uh, I work for um, a small company called Deloitte. You might have heard of it. A bit, yeah. A bit, yeah. <laughs> um, where I'm a director, I guess. Uh, Mainly I do, um, these days I do solution architecture um, or architecture mostly in any kind of form. And uh, yeah, I live in Norway, just south of Oslo with okay. uh, two huge dogs, yes. uh, some kids and a wife. Mm, that <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> in order of importance with the dogs. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Cool, nice. Um I I've got to say, like of of all the the things that I, that I see on, on on Twitter, and you know I I follow you on Twitter, and I see posts and stuff. I always, and this is what I mentioned um, before, the photographs that you post, I can't deny how jealous they make me because I love snow so much, and I so rarely get a chance to see it or be near it because I live in Berlin, and we get when we get snow, it's like this really like sad layer. And it disappears within like half an hour. It's just really, I love this. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. And I, as I told you, um, I'm going up there on Saturday again. And it's been snowing even more. I think it's uh, this half, uh, half a meter of snow extra since uh, oh, the last month. That's amazing. Really amazing. So that means it's roughly around two meters. What? That's mad. Yeah, I, I mean... You know, if I were to, to be there, it would be mostly my kids playing with with, with snow, snowballs and whatnot. But for me, it's just this thing. I mean, I grew up in Northeast England. So again, when I was a kid, more snow, I would say. I'm not sure if this, like, it's just like romanticized image that you have in your kid because you saw snow like five times. So therefore, it was like always there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I try to get my wife to slowly come around to the idea of moving somewhere where there's there's more snow but as an italian it's, it's a difficult sell you know well yeah it's i can understand that well you can start tricking her up for some ski vacations or take her to uh see the northern lights or you can grab the kids and go to uh, santa village in finland or something so it's exactly all those things and what i love about the, the thought about going north to snow rather than like south like mountains and stuff and snow there it's like i like the idea of like a little bit of cross-country skiing a little bit maybe that looks like it's awesome exercise as well it would probably kill me the first few times but yeah it's 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 hard to get it coordinated but yeah it is excellent exercise yeah yeah one one day maybe and i, I was watching like, there was just some show on netflix um and there was a, a person and she was going through like a small town or a village or something and she was going down this the this the center of the street on like a little like standy up sledge thing with a shopping in the front and i was like i want that's this is the life that i want just like where i, I never i mean i it's not the fact just that i love snow it's the fact that i hate heat in general so if it gets over if it gets over 20 degrees to me it's just i'm, I'm done it's it's too much uh, so yeah 
there you go. See, cross country skiing is the is the best exercise. You've you've got. I have got to do it. It's right. You're right. You know what I mean. Yeah. See, there you go. I should. I'm gonna take a lot of screenshots, and I'm gonna present these as more like argument towards my wife that we need to slowly move up. Like, yeah, I... I'll send you some pictures. Probably seventeenth of May. I will probably still be able to go skiing uh, in the mountains. Amazing. Well, we're we're going to um to um, Austria in two days. We're driving down for two weeks in the mountain area. There'll be no snow. Mostly just you know rain and well, there'll be some snow, but at the top, you know. Um. So I don't know. We'll see something. Hopefully, Alt should have some snow, even though it's been a bit harder in Europe this uh, winter. They'll, they'll, it'll be there for sure, but I don't get that high with my kids, you understand, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of go in like the, the, the bottom version of the Alps, kind of like the baby Alps, whatever. Oh, yeah. um, and this year, this is the first time we took, because I've got two dogs as well. I'm taking, um, last year we had one dog and we didn't take it. This year, two dogs, two kids, one of those big boxes on top of the car with all the stuff inside. We're really going for it this year, like a proper, like, uh, feel a bit like Chevy Chase going on with all the stuff that I'm going to have in the back of my car. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's going just to be just good. remember that it's safe enough to put the kids up there uh, if they start whining too much. Absolutely. They've already, they've already been threatened with it like twice, honestly. <laughs> we actually, we, we bought this thing and as we, we, it's pretty big and we were like, it's a warning to tell my kid to go to the bed. So it's. <laughs> I thought it might be a warning that my oncoming joke just wasn't funny enough. That's fair. <laughs> I don't <isn't> know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we bought this huge box at the top of the car and we bought like the, the biggest one that we thought was reasonable. And the person who sold it to us, like she made like this joke, said, oh, you, 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 it's where your, your, your granny sleeps or something. And it was funny. We laughed. And then we left the store carrying this thing. And then on the way to the car, we met someone who told the exact same joke. We're like, okay, yeah, that's funny. And then literally another 30 seconds later, someone told the exact same thing. Like, you know what? I think this is a really standard German joke that I've never heard before. And they're, just, they're all saying it one by one. Um, so this is, and I feel like sometimes as a foreigner, it's really good for Germans in this country because they can recycle these really old jokes that every German's heard before and I haven't. And I really just laugh and react to them. So this was my experience of buying a big box at the top of my car. Anyway, I'm rambling, which, which, which I tend to do. Um, I'm sure you didn't... Yeah, I'm sure you didn't come to and here to speak about me buying a box of my car and snow and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just with that background, I, I couldn't resist a bit of snow chat. I hope it's okay. <laughs> um, I was watching some of your, um, uh, your your clips and whatnot, watching some videos. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for joining. And um, I was hoping if you could shed some light on, on one particular thing, because I thought it was quite, maybe not for you particularly funny, but it kind of caught my eye. You were mentioning once in a video i forget which one it was exactly about you went on holiday and you came back home to a three thousand dollar bill from azure which i must admit is one of my absolute nightmares which is why i i'm always very scared to play with all these things how i'm curious if, if it's okay as how how did that happen and yeah did it ruin your holiday <laughs> to, to come back for it <laughs> no um so being an MVP, um, I get the stipend to play around with, to mm-hmm. run demos. Oh, that's cool. So um, I had, um, last year I did two talks on um, cloud adoption framework, which mm-hmm. is Microsoft Wild Architect framework, so on and so on. And they have a very cool scenario called uh, cloud scale analytics. 
which is perfect if you really want to roll out um, standard data mesh. Um, Okay, enterprise scale, of course, mm. um, but large data mesh with Synapse and Databricks and everything. The whole shebang, they've got bicep uh, templates for everything. Mm. So I did I did talk on this because it's it's a very nice way to get started, at least in a larger setting. Um, of course, enterprise scale means that it rolls out the whole shebangs with uh, maximum Databricks and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and so after the second time I'd done it, um, I think I had the third presentation the week after or something, so I just completely forgot about it. Um, and because it's one of these, the stipend is pretty nice, so um, I okay. don't really need to think about having hmm. signups and everything rolled out. Um, and then I started getting warnings, and I ignored them because it was just around MVP renewal time uh, in June. Um, so, yeah, naturally that it should be, yeah. I guess, the warnings of that. And then I was going to prepare for another session in August. Uh, and it said, oh, you need to renew your credit card. So yeah, mm -hmm. I did that. And this mm -hmm. was, I just had returned from holiday, uh, put in the credit card, and then I got the text message saying, credit card declined. Right. OK. Um, I went in to check what's happened, because it, I mean, it's, it's not a big credit card, but still, it shouldn't be any problem. Big enough. And it was a bill of roughly 4,000 euros. Jesus Christ. Uh, because I had for completely forgotten about the whole shebang mm. setup for mm. uh, four months. Yeah. Um, so, of course, then, then the panic hit me. Um, and I emailed uh, Microsoft support or Azure support. And, ah, it's, I don't have that kind of money. Ah. And they were <laughs> kind enough to um, say, OK, well, we'll withdraw from your next year stipend instead. OK, OK. So, um, Fair enough. Yeah. That was nice of them. <laughs> it was very nice of them. Uh, I've I've heard they can be nice to people uh, okay. that do things for demos and so on. I've, Fair enough. Yeah, there are other people in the community have told me the same kind of story. But mm. um, yeah, it's still quite stressful. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can imagine just getting like this notification and that suddenly dawning this realization and seeing that large number is 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 no fun and i'll be really this is one of the reasons why that whole world is a bit daunting to me because i'm so worried sometimes about what i, I don't it's not an area that, that i work in i don't like click around in it i don't switch things on and i get i've tried it once once or twice and it's just the knowledge that it, it can possibly happen i know you can set limits i know you can set caps and whatnot um but it's, on, it's... on this subscription, you can't. On that kind of stipend, you can't. That one, you know, that yeah. one, yeah. So that, that's a problem because uh, Visual Studio subscriptions, if you have yeah. them, then you can just say, no, uh, when you run out of the Visual Studio stipend, mm. it shuts down. Yeah, yeah. But this one, there was, there's nothing like that. God, nightmare, really. And it's, I get it. Okay, so it's, it's, I didn't realize that there was a whole um, um, stipend thing. Um, so nice that they could take it from the next years. But for someone like me, and that didn't exist, I'd be like, oh, now I just got a very large bill <laughs> for, for, for Microsoft. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so glad that my credit card uh, was not uh, covering more than 3,000 euros because then, uh, otherwise I would just suddenly get the bill. And, oh, shit. And that might have been too late. I don't know. So there you go. Laura's, Laura's was 
worst one was 300 euros for one month, which which still is no fun at all. Um, that's a good point, actually. This, this 4,000 euros or 4,000 dollars, I forget what you said. How how long a time period was that? It's four months. Four right. months. Okay. May, May until August. Yeah. God damn, crazy. No, yeah, well, please, you got sorted out. Sorry, I just when I when I heard about this in the talk that we given, I was like, I've, I have to know more information about that situation because <laughs> it, it, it it's a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, yeah. But you were recently at um, SQL, SQL Bits, no? Yes. You did a talk and you were also volunteering, correct? Yeah, I, I had two sessions and I volunteered as well, yeah. Very cool. How's the volunteering go? I've always been curious about that. What what do you have to get involved in? And does it add to the stress or is it just a fairly laid back? It's, it's just fun. Uh, okay. Of course, it's you can do as much volunteering as you want. Hmm. Um, I did session monitoring. Okay. Which is, I mean, you mostly go to the sessions you want to talk to or watch anyway, so it's fine. Fair enough. It's just just a little extra mindfulness when you're in sessions because you need to make sure that they are on time and so on. But apart from that, it's okay. I understand. I did something like that. Um, not as not so much, but I was asked to do it at Power BI Next Step, and it was the first conference I'd ever been to. So generally, just not particularly familiar with what happens and what goes on. And they did ask me to do it. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, and I did it for, for Reed Havens. Um, but I, I didn't realize really what it entailed, what it involves and stuff. And hey, Matthias. And um, they said, yeah, just just make sure it doesn't go over time, basically. And I feel that it was I'm the worst person possible to ask about timing because my ability to lose track of time is just astonishing. Like, really... And I was like, I don't want to mess anything up for someone, for, for anyone, for anyone really. But for Reed, so I'm sitting there and like, I didn't actually watch any of Reed's sessions. I was just the entire time like staring at my phone with these cards in front of me, you know. And I was like, also, I don't know if he's seen my card. So I hold up a card and then kind of gently start to dance the card just to make sure it was somehow like in his, in his eye line, you know. I was like, oh my God, crazy. So yeah, not a lot, but just for me, I was like, is it okay? Is he going to be upset with me when he realized he's got one minute to go and he thought he still had like 15 or something? I don't, I don't know, but, but good fun. But how did your sessions go? Did you um, enjoy them? Feedback yeah, good? And, they went well. One was um, a thing I'd never done before. It was just demos. So I, okay. I tend to have a lot of slides because especially lately I've been doing architecture stuff mostly instead of doing coding. Okay. Um, I guess it's kind of the age thing where the older you get, the more... PowerPoints you do, I'm not sure, but it's um, <laughs> still I I, I do uh, do like to dig in and some from time to time. And this time I I came up with an idea of doing uh, Internet of Things because I I done an Internet of Things project with uh, ah, ADX cool. uh, or Data Explorer, and it's a really really cool product. So um, they have 20 minute sessions in bits, and I thought, okay, that's too short a time to do any slides. So I'll just have an intro slide, and I have an architecture overview, and then there's the feedback slide afterwards. Mm -hmm. So there's three slides, and the rest was just demos. Wow, that's on time. And I was on time. I could even talk to them more if I wanted to, but I was spot on time, so that's good. Not too shabby. Very good. Yeah, well, a shame I wasn't there to see it uh, next time, maybe, but I'm pleased it went well. Pleased you enjoyed it. And, of course, Matthias is in the chat, and it was a lot of talk of TM. I don't want to get it right. No, get it wrong, sorry. TM. DL, right? Yeah. Just I want... tabular model definition language. Right, yeah. See, I should have 
I should have learned that. I didn't realize Matties was going to be here, you see. Should have... I was going to say TMSL. Was that it all? I'm not sure. It's not my... I had, I had, I, I wrote to um, Kurt Bullers and I was like, mate, can you quickly explain what is going on here? Because I've seen lots of tweets about it and mm. I don't know, I don't precisely understand what's happening, but I know it, just, it seems to be a very big deal. Um, so... we, can just say, we can just say TMTL as well, Tabler Matthias Tierberg language. Very good. I like it. Yeah. And this, this is, this is, this hashtag is definitely going to be taken off for sure. TMDL, everything in. Indeed, fantastic. But no, I heard it was a good conference. So, I'm please had a, a, a nice time. Were you there for the entire time, or did you go for? A... No, I, I came in on Wednesday and left on. Well, I left on Sunday, so I got the. That's quite wild. I didn't go do the training days. But it's... Okay, fair enough. This is true. One second. This pronunciation thing is a good point. How is it pronounced? <laughs> Tim Dahl. Hopefully, not another another PBIX versus <clears throat> PBIX. This is the thing. If you don't pronounce it PBIX, what do you actually say? Do you literally just say PBIX? Because that just yep. takes it takes so long to say PBIX, PBIX. See, it just rolls off the tongue. It's so nice. Yeah, it's the same with SQL versus SQL, <clears throat> I guess. Yeah, pretty much. I, I find myself strangely as a person who says PBIX too often saying SQL rather than SQL. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just because I'm not. It's not the the world I kind of started in. I started very much in the whole Power BI world. Obviously, that's kind of you know where I am <laughs> and where, where where I remain. Otherwise, I'd have the world's worst Twitter handle. Um, but exactly, yeah, SQL bits. Well, um, speaking of Twitter handles, mine is mid worse, I guess, because it's. Uh, I started off not tweeting about uh, data stuff, so I won't. <laughs> I was going. The thing is, I was curious about that until I went on your blog, and then I understood what it's about. Yeah, some good recipes there, by the way. I'm gonna try them out for sure. So I, it was. Yeah, please explain that. I mean, I guess I understand what it is, but just for yeah. the background. So my my Twitter handle is intolerance or intolerance. Uh, it's because I have multiple food allergies. Mm. So uh, I started off tweeting about uh, and blogging about food, gluten free and dairy free foods. So yeah. Yeah, and hence that. Yeah, so, and I, I couldn't be uh, bothered changing it afterwards, even though my my GitHub handle is SQL clause, which I guess makes me more sense. <laughs> that's actually very good, to be fair. <laughs> SQL clause. I guess that's probably taken on Twitter at this point, anyway. To be honest, it's, I don't. There probably aren't that many good Twitter usernames actually left. Or the amount of a Twitter account. I think that's there. actually free, but it's again, I. I had too many people following me as intolerance, and then I thought I, I can't be bothered. Fair enough, sir. And and you've got to weigh up sometimes how important it is, like how much you actually care about it. You know. Yeah. This is I I've had a discussion with several people at some point about changing all of my like online like names and stuff from Power BI Guide to something else because there are too many Power BI guys and it's really hard to find. I was like, oh, what could I call, what name could I come up with? And after like, I was just like, you know what? I just don't think I care that, <laughs> that much to be honest. It's all, all the effort that would involve, I'd be like, yeah, I just, like, changing my, my email address, changing the URL, changing all the Twitter handles, the YouTube stuff. I was like, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, no. just, it's just, it's, it's really, at the end of the day, it's just not that important. Yeah, yeah no, it's just some text. Exactly. Exactly. Do you um? Do you, how much in the world of, of of Power BI do you exist? Somewhat, not all user. Because our um, worlds are quite adjacent. Well, let's put it this way: I I started using Power BI before it was Power BI. Um, PowerView 
power pivot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the power whole um, So I I've been working with Power BI ever since in the inception, so to speak. Mm. Uh, though these days, again, because I'm working more and more upwards uh, in architecture, I don't do as much in Power BI as I used to. Mm. But um, and I I'm not a very good front end developer, so visuals i i can make them so that i don't do pie i don't do pie, pie charts but um, um <laughs> but the back end so uh, etl um, data modeling uh model okay. optimization stuff i can do that quite well that's pretty much very very many important points to be fair though the visualization part in the end is something that some people enjoy and so i have conversation with colleagues and i find it so funny we had i was speaking to one of my colleagues this was a few months ago um and i was talking about creating visualizations and and the colleague literally came out and said i really don't care how it looks as long as the data is there and the data, and the data is correct i just don't care which is an opinion i completely respect that's how they work that's what they want to do um but yeah it's mm. If you don't create wonderful visualizations, there's there's, there's something that everyone's gonna gonna enjoy, something that everyone's gonna like. Who likes exactly. it, it, It's a skill and respect skills. Um, yeah, I was. I guess at... Nobody should do pie charts, even though I was in the presentation today or, or internal company presentation, and people were displaying pie charts, and I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are so. <laughs> I love that reaction. There are certain things I've kind of slowly become more and more okay with. Now, I am going to say one of those things is pie charts, not the general use of pie charts, but, you know, like using pie charts in an appropriate situation, the whole, you know, how many, like two categories and that kind of stuff. So I, I will still generally try to not use them, but would I rather see a pie chart than, I don't know, like a, what's it called? A tree diagram or something, a tree, I forget what it's called now. People know it in the chat now. I'm a tree map. About. Tree map, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, did Did you see that? Um, there was somebody posting uh, from Reddit on Twitter just uh, recently about somebody having made the worst data visualization ever with an exploding 3D pie chart. Yes, that was that was a work of watch. That was wonderful. That was, I think, uh, was it? Is it SQL SQL Gene? Yeah. It was was um, yeah, and that was that was great actually because it was oh man. Uh, if I, if I was quick um, searching, I could try and pull it up and share the screen. It's, it's an anti-pattern, so to speak. Yeah. It is. It, it's beautiful. It's so ugly. Really, it is. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, it's 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 the sort of thing that would be also be really hard to make. You know, I actually I tried to create the 3D kind of bar chart with the shadows, and I got to a certain point, and I was like, I can't. I've 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 done the 3D bar kind of by I used Deneb to kind of put bits and pieces together. And I was like, I got to one point and I was like, you know what? This much effort to create that is just, just stop. Just, it's not worth it. Um, but then I, I showed and, and um, Gene sent me the link. Said, we've, we've, we've tried to recreate it and we've got this, these pieces. Fantastic stuff, really. If mm. you can, if you can, if you can find it, I would really recommend checking it out because it's a thing of, of absolute beauty. Yeah. Truly. And for those asking, yes, it's coffee um, or it works, but it's, yeah. But it's gone now, yeah. So there was a, you know, I noticed there was a whole conversation going on in the chat that I kind of missed the start of, talking about critical measures 
belong in fact tables and stuff. And it, it got, I did I have no idea, no idea where that came from. So usually I would try and bring these chats into the screen as well, just to, I don't know, bring things up or, but um, sorry that I missed the, the start of that conversation. I kind of lost track of me as we just start talking about pie charts and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Tell you what I impressed me recently. I was, I've been kind of diving into tabular editor mm. uh, more and more to learn some stuff. And I, I, I've been speaking to um, asking Berna the standard questions because he knows the answer to it and about scripts and stuff. I um, I played in in tablet editor. It's possible to play um, Snake, like oh, Snake. Yeah. Mm. Kurt from Data Goblins created this game um, in tablet, which is a wonderful thing to do, to be honest. And I that's one of the one of the things that I love that that combination of like when you see people coding whatever code may be it doesn't seem really seem sometimes so creative but i love it when people get creative with that sort of thing create this really it, you should have seen uh chris webb did uh, for power bi power hour uh mm -hmm. at past summit some years ago um he he created um a dialogue with uh, uh, the spirits or ghosts of bi tools past <laughs> so he had he had actually managed to uh, to code into Power BI and then time it so he had a conversation going and different older versions of Microsoft Power BI or BI tools no came and talked to him. <laughs> That's amazing. It's would... it's fantastic what you can do with uh, some imagination and uh, Power BI. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and I mean that I've seen like <clears throat> excuse me, like games like uh, someone created like Minesweeper Pro or, or what have you, and these are all like really fantastic things. And I saw in Deneb you can play. Um, yeah, and um, Deneb you can play. Um, what's it called? Pac Man, oh. for example. And not that I will. I say Deneb. I should say actually in Vega. Um, I'm just, you know, biased towards Deneb. Um, one second. Yeah, we need you in in, in Deneb. Who needs to have a letter there? You know what? The thing is, <laughs> tabular editor is this kind of area that I've wanted to really get more and more involved in. I've always just kind of used it. I've underused it. And I slowly discover like, new bits and pieces that I kind of should know about. But um, I've currently been kind of like trying to help like my colleagues use it a little bit more. So to do that, I had to learn it better myself because I had to, like two days ago, I had to give like a, a training. It wasn't a training, it's like a one hour introduction to it. And I was like, do I know enough to talk about it for, for one hour? <laughs> so I had to brush up a little bit, you know? And if you manage to do that, then you know enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I always like managed to fill the first 10 minutes with a bit of rambling about, about bits and pieces, pieces of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was okay. But it's one of those things that, you know, the more you learn, the more you kind of go down into little rabbit holes and you want to do this and I want to do that. Yeah, and again, that's what's fascinating about uh, Matthias's new language as well. Okay. Um, the combination, because, I mean, again, I'm old. Um, I'm used to working in Visual Studio and um, MDX for those who are old enough to have been unfortunate enough to work with it. And... <laughs> makes DAX very simple, um, but always used to coding everything. And you can even go back on the XML or the JSON behind it and mm. edit things as well. And then you came into Power BI and everything is in a binary file and you can't really do any source controls. You can't do comparisons. You mm. have to deploy it by publish to web. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly 
we have the op opportunity to go into the code behind with Tabular Editor. I, I started working with it quite soon after they launched the first session and then or the version. Uh, of course, now I had, haven't worked with it for a couple of years, but seeing how um, Tablet Editor and the TMDL works together, <clears throat> mm. it fills gaps that I've always been missing in Power BI. Yeah, okay. Uh, and again, from a backend point of view, it's uh, it really, really, really helps. That's awesome. It's really cool. This is a really enjoyable, for me, a very enjoyable perspective because it's not something that I spend a lot of time looking at. And it's certainly where, like, you know, I'm not going to say I have a knowledge gap. I don't. I have multiple knowledge gaps. Uh, and that's that's certainly one we, of them. We all do. <laughs> yeah, you got to give yourself a break, right? You can't know, you can't, you can't know everything. No. Um, but... Yeah, to, and this is really what exactly what I, what I was saying when I saw this announcement. And I've, I'm not sure if Matthias is, is still there, and I'm sure he won't take it as any disrespect. But I just didn't understand what it was for and why it was going to be that this big deal. So it's to read about it, other people's perspectives, and and to have you saying that as well to kind of really, in a small way, kind of explain what it does. It's great for it's great for someone like me, but it also opens something up. I'll say so. Should I learn that as well? Do I have to like brush up on some skills or learn some skills to, to understand this? Because for me, if it touches Power BI, it's something that I kind of want to understand and want to see how I can like utilize that and you know leverage it for want of a better word. Mm. So, well, yeah. everything you can do uh, without having to touch the binary file itself. So mm. using XML endpoints and mm. means you can automate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is always That's nice. Good. I, I see somebody in the chat saying it's they want to call it Timble, but um, if people want to call it Timble, I refuse. I say TMDL. Timble. It sounds too close to Tinder for me, to be honest. Timble. <laughs> yeah, no, it's TMDL for me. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, when, when, the first time I saw it, I was like, I kind of associated with like, you know, TLDR, too, too long, didn't read. And that was kind of like too much, didn't learn. Like this, this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've heard him have mentioned Timdall. I, I, you know, what it is I'm just lazy. I'll just say whatever is ever fastest, to be honest. Yeah. So Matthias will probably hunt me down on Power BI Cruise in a month and uh, you definitely yell at will. me for seeing TMDL. But yeah, you will. You will. Timdall, Tim you know, Timdall. Tim mm. I'm, I'm probably going to, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to end up seeing Timdall. Can't, I, 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 can't I can't lie to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll see. But yeah, it's um, one of those things as, as it slowly kind of becomes more relevant and more widely used. But this is also an interesting thing, thing for me. When If I look at this perspective from if you have like a tool like Power BI, of course, and I've said quite a lot that way it kind of like changes, like, you know, whatever, be it careers or people's skill sets of what people what people focus on. For me, it completely changed my career because it's something I've never really worked with before other than, you know, I started with Excel, then I discovered Power Query, and then that led me to Power BI, and then this, et cetera, rolled on from there. And I find it interesting that you have a tool like Power BI that then generates other tools that's the, uh, surround it. I mean, there's a, there's a multitude of, of you know external tools from Power BI, which is great for the community, but also for Microsoft. That's that's pretty phenomenal as well. You know that they have people creating these things that make their tool 
so much more, I don't know, versatile or um, so much more something. I don't know, but it's a, it's it certainly benefits everyone, you know? Yeah, and, and just making making a tool that makes other people create add-ons to it because it's so great. Mm, yeah. It means that people love it. People will use it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, me myself, I mean, I use, I spend so much time using Deneb, you know, which in itself is, a you know, something that was created by someone to use w within Power BI. And that suppose this comes back to the whole creativity part of it, right? That it just inspires you. Okay, I see a gap here. And in this gap, we can I can fill it using my skill that people can, you know, use their creativity in it, make make their job easier. Mm. Um no, it's 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 a very, very nice thing. I just don't understand where people get started with this. Like you know, Matthias is his first idea. I have this. I could do that. I'm gonna build it and I can I can I can ask Matthias that at some point I'll get I'll get him on to, to, to come and talk about all this to, so I, I I sound less like the, the ignorant person that I'm coming across as right now. <laughs> right right now. <laughs> oh man, but no, it'll be uh, it'll be wonderful. I'm I'm quite sure I look forward to it. So yeah. Other stuff. I mean in generally, like what's your what's your day-to-day -day stuff that you do? Like um which what's your I mean you see you told me what what your job is. Where where do you spend your time most furrowing your brow and kind of getting working over and getting drawn into uh, it, it depends um as i said i just had a project before christmas um pulling data from uh, sensors on factory floors into uh, a iot hub and then into adx and then building uh, analytics on top of that and uh, yeah and then on the other hand, I'm also uh, helping or designing uh, data platform using only open source tools for on-prem use right now. Nice. So it's, I, I'm a jack of all trades kind of guys. And uh, it means that I sometimes have to spend more time learning new stuff and actually mm. doing yeah. anything. Yeah. But you still have time, time to, get, to, to go to your cabin. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a happy place. So that's uh, you can relax there. And I, of course, I have solar power. It's it's an off grid cabin, so okay. it's uh, solar power. Uh, but I can charge my computer, and there is internet access there. So um, wow, that's impressive. So I can I work from there if I want. That's cabin pretty I mean, living in Germany, the thought of going to a cabin and having internet is impressive, given the fact that, you know, Berlin isn't, sorry, Berlin, Germany isn't really known for its good connectivity. I, was, I remember being on a train with a, with a, a former colleague and we were going from, I used to work for, for BSF, we were going from Berlin to Ludwigshafen, where the headquarters is. And um, I mean, we're on a train going through like, you know, Germany and you'll, you'll, hit areas of, of countryside quite often you know and as soon as you basically leave the where the train station is the internet just disappears there's like there's like nothing uh, and they've improved it now there's there are now there is now wi-fi on the on the trains which was very known didn't work for like the first year <laughs> so the thought of being in the middle of a woods in a, in a cabin or whatever with internet is pretty cool but yeah well there, there's Lots of places without the internet. If you take the train from Bergen to Oslo or vice versa, um, most of the train ride will be, and that's an eight, eight and a half hours train ride. Okay. And that most of that will be without any internet coverage. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough, sir. Yeah. See, this is true. Go 
go to live in Romania, which has the fifth fastest broadband in the world. I I can't complain about the internet where I am. I've got a really good connection, you know. Um, now that I have, you know, Ethernet cable stuck in the back of the computer, I was working with Wi-Fi from the, working from home for the first six months to a year. I said, why is it not working? Why is it not fast enough? And I was like, you know, two floors down from where the, where the wireless router was and, and what have you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that I, I, that that's my, that's my fault. I blame myself for that. I was just kind of so used to living in quite a small apartment, and then the Wi-Fi was everywhere. I moved to a house, and I was like, "Why is this terrible?" Okay, let's buy like yeah. let's buy like thirty meters of cables. I bought like a cable. I was like, "How much cable do I need?" I didn't really measure it. I'll just buy. I'll buy thirty meters. That should be enough. It was definitely enough. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the the guy who who worked in the store though, I said like, "Do you have this much cable?" He's like. You, you you can't get a cable that long because by the time you've plugged it in your computer, the the connection would have disappeared from from the other end of the, the end of the cable. And I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. That can't that can't be correct. So I bought the cable online, and he was definitely wrong. And I was like, I I knew that didn't sound about right to me. Yeah. Well, I I started my career on coax cables and um, and not Ethernet, but uh, token ring. Okay, and one of the most uh, common questions or problems with network connectivity was that because there was an end cap you had to put on, yeah, because there was a T connection into your computer, and then there was an end cap, and that fell off. <laughs> oh, I lost my internet, and yeah, of course, plug it in again. Then. There you go. Yeah, the classic. It's not plugged in. I love that. It's so true. This is this what what Christian is saying is, is is accurate. It's basically Germany still uses old ADSL and old infrastructure equipment. It's um it's known that there are quite a few places in Germany that's still using this old whatever copper what have you, and it's just like crazy slow. But it, to be fair, it's the same. I know it's the same in parts in the UK as well, and they complain that their their internet speeds are kind of like what five something per second or whatever. It's like yeah, no, Norway's is gradually going away from that and into 5G for those places where they can't be bothered to put in fiber. But yeah, I'm, I worked in Romania actually as a tour rep in 94, 95, 96. Mm -hmm. And some of my Romanian friends told me about uh, how easy, easy it was to get um, just a phone line installed. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, one of them uh, actually by a joke said he was a, a professor at the university and they asked, two students asked how they could uh, pass hmm. and he said well if you get me a phone line i'll make sure you pass and then suddenly he got the phone line and he was oh shit what should i do now <laughs> <laughs> and this, this was in 94 i think but yeah wow that's a really impressive that's cool i love it so i, I as christian said uh, they were late late to the party so they have of course then been able to just roll out proper internet Exactly. Yeah, it's slow, but then when you get there, you get there well. Yeah, it's true. Mm. I remember um, it was I forget what year it was. It was a while ago. It's maybe like two thousand eight or something. I was having a conversation with um, someone who was in the outback in Australia, and I didn't. They were talking about like having the internet, and so I stopped for one second. I was like, "Hang on!" I never thought, "How do you actually get the internet in the outback?" Like, how does that work? And he was like, satellites. <laughs> I stopped for a second. I was like, is that true? Are you, are you, are you mocking me? He said, no, it's satellites. And I didn't, I'd never actually 
thought about it. Like, you know, it was my first uh, you know, understanding that people get the internet from space. And I was like, wow, this is yeah. fantastic. This is really cool. Because in my head, I was thinking, do you just have like really long cables or like all the way through the outback? Like, how does that actually work? It's one of those things that until you think about, until you actually think about it, it's never, it's just like, you know, okay, they have the internet, it's there. And then you think about it, it's just kind of like, hang on a second, I don't understand anything that's actually happening here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. I actually remember the, the thinking of that sort of thing, the stupidest question probably I've ever asked anyone as an adult not as a child doesn't count as an adult i was this was actually only a few years ago and again you, you say some words and you realize as the final word is coming out of your mouth how stupid it is we're on it we're on a um a steam train and it stopped at the station everyone gets off the station like walking around it was in wales actually and um <laughs> it's ridiculous it's so stupid the guy was and uh, they were filling the the train up with we put water in the train and I said, the guy said, what's the water for? And he looked at me and said, what's the water for in a, in a steam train? I was like, oh, Jesus. I was like, I was like, can we just pretend I never asked that question, please? <laughs> like, yeah. Wind back a few minutes. It was so that's the real reason you wanted DeLorean, right? I mean, that's one of those moments. As I was saying, as the final word came out, I was like, you can't take it back now. It's, it, it's been said. Even if you stop yourself, you knew what you were going to say. Awful. Awful. No, yeah, but then again, what are you going to do? These these things have to be learned sometimes in a painful way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah, but this is also, I was, funny enough, I was just watching a, um, uh, on Reddit, about five minutes before we went live, and someone was saying that they had a, um, they had a question, or they'd been learning a lot about Harvey I. And even though they've read a lot of books and stuff or read about this, not, they still have like one area that they're not uh, too familiar with. And they said, but it's really embarrassing that I don't know about it. And I was thinking, one of the things that I always really kind of like, I'm very honest about is the things that I don't know about. And I try to never be embarrassed about them. Because as you, as you said before, you know, you can't know everything. Yep. And I'm not sure like what your, what your take is on this, you know, but to be very open about what you don't know about is really like me like just like the best way to learn you know just to sit there and start the conversation just say okay i don't know please tell me and if you want to start off by telling me like i'm like i'm a 10 year old to kind of get me there a little bit faster you know i mean obviously someone like you who is you know has been doing things a while and stuff but you still as you said yourself you still have to learn quite often you know it's nice to kind of yeah i mean again i'm 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 touching so many different things. Mm. So you, typically you have to just learn enough to load it into memory first or front memory. And then you dump something else that you've worked with a couple of years ago. And you forget that <sighs> in the end, there's so much new things happening all the time. You can't keep up with it all. Mm. Um, so either you're, there are people who are, deeply technical deep dive down to i mean they can start from the top and just go woof down mm -hmm. um i'm not there um mm. and the more i learn the more i know i have to learn more of so it's just it's not embarrassing to admit that you don't know a certain topic or uh, anything about a tool or whatever it's just an opportunity to learn more absolutely yeah I, i'm i think uh, what you said as well about learning and kind of 
you learn and kind of makes you realize that you want to learn more. I think it's something that a lot of people can kind of resonate with, you know, because I think generally speaking, I always think that people who work in this area, I mean, we don't work in exactly the same area, but, you know, roughly we're, we're quite, we're adjacent, shall we say. Mm. Um, you have to be curious. You can't just say, okay, this is the, this is the knowledge that I have. And that's what I have because it will be, I mean, not redundant in six months, but there'll be newer, better ways of, of doing the same thing pretty quickly, you know? And exactly, never, never stop yeah. learning. Never stop learning. But sometimes you can give yourself a break. It's nice to rest as well, because it can get quite overwhelming, no? And Mike, I think that as well. Sometimes it's like, gotta learn this, gotta learn that. And yeah, there's, there's just so many hours a day, and yeah. you need to have some time to do everything else as well. But I mean, it's. Uh... Mm. It's fun just to sit down in the evening sometimes with a beer or something and then just hmm. mess around as long as you don't end up with a $4,000 bill. But uh, <laughs> very true, man. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is why one of the things I, I, I never have teams on my phone, for example. This is just one of the small things that I kind of refuse to do because I don't want to have teams on my phone because if I have teams on my phone, it's easy just to kind of open it and look if there's anything urgent that needs to be done. If it's not on my phone, I'll get it to, I'll get to it as soon as, as soon as I switch on my computer and the next day my, my day work starts, I'll prioritize it then. But I think you need to have, you, you need to set these like solid boundaries, you know? Um, yeah, it's doing, doing what's right for you. And uh, yeah. as uh, Christian said, wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if we thought we knew everything, right? And yeah, it's very true. Yeah, very true. No, but it, Personally, I, I have teams on my mobile um, for several reasons. Mm -hmm. One of them is because if I do home office and uh, it's a nice day and mm -hmm. I have just have some meetings, I can take my dogs for a walk in the forest and uh, That's nice. talk on the phone. So it's good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I think it's, um, it's, it's important to do what's right for you. It's um... exactly that. Exactly. Yeah. I it, I actually remember like, during the like peak pandemic, I. Um, I certainly had teams on my phone. Then I remember because my my kids, of course, weren't in school, as with no kids in school, and um, we have like a small garden, like a ten minute walk away in Berlin. You have these like called like a Klein Garten Verein, um, and I have like I remember like being in my garden with my head headset on and my teams on my phone, being in like um, as you say like conferences. My kids were like playing in the tents in the garden and stuff, and I'm just kind of. Sometimes I switch my video on just to kind of everyone can just like kind of see what you're doing. It was like a like a nice different thing. But now with the kids are back in school and I've got my my desks here. As you say, I don't have it, but it's whatever suits you, whatever feels right for you and stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, I also like even when like when I'm away on holiday, I'll try to use like like social media less. I'll like you won't you know send out tweets about Power BI and like see all all the updates that exist. There. And this is the thing as well. It can be two weeks, but you can miss like an important announcement in those in those two weeks. You know. <laughs> so it's like, like this bunch of uh, updates that you have to be browse through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is a good one as well. Like you're stopping um, the boundaries by having no notifications during certain times of the day. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, but yes, it's it's just to kind of find find that right but the right balance because I think it's from for me because I didn't I wasn't always in this area. Yeah, I wasn't always working in this field. I kind of had several jobs doing different things before I arrived here. Um, it was it's it was different to kind of 
start to get involved in a profession where it was quite fast, you know, where it was kind of like there's this, there's this and this. So I had to kind of like adjust my mindset, you know, because at first I didn't do that. Um, and it probably was actually during the pandemic where everything just generally got more overwhelming anyway, you know, that mm. I decided to kind of like, let's have some like hard boundaries and put, put those in, you know? Yeah. But yes, also go on holiday to a place where there's no internet. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when I, when I bought my cabin, um, our goal, we have been uh, renting cabins without internet uh, because okay. of that. Uh, I, I used to work for Capgemini before and uh, they had, uh, they always had an important part when you went to the, the university saying, well, digital detox, okay. which is a quite nice, catchy word. But again, just disconnecting everything and they have full excuse. Sorry, I'm offline. I can't be reached by email or mm. phone or whatever. Um, but we just fell in love with the view and the cabin. And we realized afterwards that, yes, there is a lot of internet. There is quite fast, mm. high-speed mobile broadband. Um, but that's okay as well. And when the pandemic hits, we could, of course, then take kids up to the cabin and we can stay there for a longer period of time. Yeah. And I could still work. And now the kids are teenagers, of course, getting away from their computers or uh, mobile phones can be uh, <clears throat> uh, an excuse to refuse to go. So, uh, okay, yeah. Al allowing them to do that is fine. But uh, the benefit of having a cabin that is off grid means that you have to sometimes think about uh, charging the batteries and you have to think about other stuff and of course you need to go out and fetch wood and you need to go to the well to fetch water so you get to disconnect from daily life anyways that's cool yeah that sounds that sounds appealing i must admit it's when it's you... at times and uh, problem is of course there's almost two kilometers from the parking place up to the cabin so it's two kilometers and 200 meters of elevation um, wow. so i changed the uh, shingle roof mm -hmm. on the cabin and i had um I can rent, uh, rent uh, or hire a guy to uh, transport things for me on snowmobile. Mm. Um, but of awesome. course, I had miscalculated, so I had to carry stuff upwards uh, in the summer. And it was like every package of shingle is 20 kilos. Oh. And I had to carry quite a lot of them as well as some wood. So it's, yeah. <clears throat> uh, for some reason, I uh, lost quite a few kilos that summer. I was going to say that. Keep me fit at least, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's one of the things, it keeps you fit, but then you kind of carry like the fifth one and you kind of start to feel like a, a tear in your muscles somewhere. It's like, this is not, not going to end well. Yeah, yeah that's... Um... There are times when you say, why the hell did I find this a good idea? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, I, mean I, I have no like experience of that sort of thing. It's the sort of thing you always, again, romanticize, but it does sound like a wonderful thing to have access to. So it's, it's really quite cool. Mm. Yeah. By the way, what type of dogs do you have? You I have Scottish deerhounds. Right, I've seen a photo. They kind of quite the, the tall kind of. They're quite high, right? They're quite big. Dogs. They are quite high, and and um, my the male dog is uh, quite big for a deerhound as well. They tend to be okay. around about seventy-five to eighty centimeters, and he's eighty-five centimeters on the shoulder. Wow, that'll do. So they're like a good run out in, in the countryside as well. They keep keep you um, keep you moving. Well, the thing is, they are. Um, if you want to try and run with them, you will lose. They can get up to sixty kilometers an hour, mm -hmm. 
Um, so mostly, if or they they're both old now, so uh, now they don't run as much. But uh, generally, you can then just take them into the field and mm. let them loose, and they will run and train themselves. Cool. But of course, it you always have to go outside, no matter uh, rain or wind or snow or whatever. You have to go outside, so it's, mm. you get out in fresh air. Nice. I have so well, I have two dogs. So one, as I said, is a little dachshund, and the other one is a um, I always forget it. Um, ben, Benny's mountain dog. Benny's mountain dog. Um, oh yeah. So, a big difference in the size and what have you. The the the, the Benny's mountain dog. Um, she's still a puppy, but still significant size. Um, and she loves everything that the other dog hates. Like, <laughs> the other dog, if it's if it's even slightly raining, she's he's like not going out. But she like it's this is, for me it's amusing because I mean. She will not touch anything that's wet. But the Benny's mountain dog, she'll like intentionally walk through like the deepest puddles just to have like experienced it. Like she'll lie next to the door because it's cold. It's like I feel like, you know, that dog likes the weather that I like. <laughs> when it's yeah. wet, when it's cold, we wanna we wanna go outside. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I the um the female dog, she hates rain as well. Okay. So the, and because she's quite uh, pecky, peckish. Mm. So she um, doesn't eat lots, which means that she's quite thin. Okay. And they are quite thin dogs to begin with. So, mm. um, of course, that means they don't sit because it's just bones. Yeah, um, okay. The only time she's really been sitting is when she's trying to move as far away from the rain as possible. So squeezing in. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, they're, they're, they're amusing. Um, I don't know. My the, the the small dog is all about my wife. My wife always gets she if he if I close the door and my wife's on the other side of the door, he just she just cries constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. It's like what 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 did I do to you then <laughs> to, to, to make you to make you hate me so much? <laughs> oh yeah, so it'll be a, it'll be a fun trip down in um, in Austria with them for the first time to see see how it goes. The weather's meant to be pretty pants, but uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll be, it's we'll, a chance to get away at least. So. Exactly, and we're going to see. We'll have a, a friend from the UK meet us over there as well. So we'll we'll have some drinks. She's got a quite a big house on rainy days. We can stay inside, play games, play the Nintendo Switch. Oh, bit of Mario Kart. Love me some Mario Kart. Oh yeah. So, Even though these uh, days my oldest son is uh, getting too good at it, so um, I never win. <laughs> to be honest, I'll be happy if my kids started beat me because they have massive huffs when I beat them. So like, what do you want? And then my son recognized the other day that I, I don't do it often, but I let him win just to kind of, you know, he's like, did he let me win? And I was like, yeah. And then he got in a huff about that. I was like, what do you want from me? I beat you, you get in a huff. I let you win, you get in a huff. It's, <laughs> yeah. Somehow I, I win, but it's still a lose-lose situation. So what are you going to do? Now, yeah, anyway, um, I'll start to say thank you for joining because it's um, we we're approaching that hour mark and I actually had to go and start packing my bags for the holiday and uh, seeing what we can make fit in that car of ours. Uh, it's been a pleasure, mate. I really appreciate you taking... I've had fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. This is always nice to hear. I'm pleased you had fun and I'm, I'm pleased you um, chose to, 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 to kind of taunt me with that photograph of snow. It's just it's as close as I'm gonna get to. I'll I'll tag you in some pictures when I come up to the cabin again. Yeah. Do it, please, please do it. And to be honest, you know, I have to say it's also my own fault because I could have had a holiday in Norway any number of times in my life, but I have never done. 
I must be honest, one of the reasons I haven't done it is because sometimes we look and I say, oh, we'll go for a holiday in Norway for, for, for a couple of weeks. It'd be nice. It's not the cheapest place to holiday in, in no. Europe, I have to say. It's um, but, you know, it's, it just looks wonderful. Like Norway, Iceland, I'd love to go there as well. All these hmm. kind of... Um, so one day I'll get there and I'll have my own photographs of snow and I'll tag you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know and I'll uh, help you with the uh, night itinerary as well. So that's no problem. Fantastic. I appreciate the minute. Thank you so much. Um, everyone in the chat, thank you for joining all the questions. I'm sorry for about that conversations that I completely missed, but um, I'm not good at multitasking. Um, um, I'll be back in a few weeks. Um, I'm going to have a holiday. So you all take care of yourselves. And um, yeah, have fun. Johan, once again, thank you very much. Take care and goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.